1: From the kitchen of the cabin and around the world. This is Voices from the Solitude, a podcast about the coronavirus and gaming. Today, I talk to Dan Hughes about something truly positive that has come out of this situation. So, the pandemic obviously has been the cause of very, very many negative things. But occasionally, like a star in the sky, surrounded by clouds. This is a this is a, wonderful, a wonderful simile I'm deploying here. Yeah. Something good happens. And I'm here with the titan of the internet, Daniel <laughs> G. Hughes, to talk yeah. about something good, nay, wonderful, that has come out of the pandemic. So briefly, Dan... Tell us before you get to the hard sell. Tell us why you're here.
2: Well, I'm I'm here, Ben, because I designed a game. I did the thing that I always said I wouldn't do um, and had no interest in, which was design a board game. And, and what's more, I'm, I'm taking it to Kickstarter. So, um, so yeah. But but the, the reason I designed a board game wasn't wasn't to um, to design a, a product or anything. It's, it, shall, shall I get into this now, Ben? Or do you want to ask me some well, searching questions yeah, I beforehand? Mean, no, I mean
1: so you've designed the game firstly is it weird to you know be at the almost at the end of a design process not of a production process clearly but at the end of a design process and
2: think bloody hell
1: i've actually designed something
2: it is and it's it's incredibly exciting in a way that i'd never I suppose I should have thought it would be for designers. But but just like creating a, a video or a piece of writing, which is very exciting, or any kind of uh, art or, or craft or whatever, um, seeing that thing evolve from something that was pretty bad to something you're really, really proud of is an incredible process. And and, and each each... And there's been a number of kind of jumps forward. It hasn't been kind of a slow, gradual emergence. It it kind of has been a number of jumps forward after playtesting session. You know, a playtesting session will 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 raise something, and then suddenly you come up with the idea to get around that particular issue or to address that flaw, and then and then it's 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 like something blossoming in front of you is, is designing a game, and never realised how deeply satisfying it would be, and 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 how much, to be honest, um, games designers must well i certainly did must rely on their playtesters to point out things that never occurred to them but make everything so much more better as well it's it's really really fascinating to see that the evolution of of a, of a game from from the inside
1: well let's go back to the beginning then because so yeah. before we start we'll we'll say the name of the game so this is Cora Quest and i've been yes. following this since its inception before it was Ever a notion of being a thing in a box that people yes. outside you and your family could play. So, so what uh, is the origin of the
2: game? Well, it all, all started back in um, back in proper lockdown. Uh, although we're now back in proper lockdown in the UK, but um, where, where we weren't going out, where kids weren't going to school, where we were getting um, workbooks home from school and, and going through all those. And myself and my eight-year-old daughter Cora, we're we're the, we're the two gamers in the house. Um, and I was doing the the bulk of. I'm a nurse, but I, I, I work shifts, so so I was at home often doing childcare when um, when when you know when, when school time was. So I was doing the bulk of the homeschooling. And you know, hats off to teachers because it it wasn't the behaviour of my kids that I found a bit tiresome. Because my kids are all great. It was the kind of repetitiveness of 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 the the subjects and, and the. To be frank, unimaginativity. Which which to be fair to the school, they were sending home stuff in a in an emergency situation. You can't criticize them. But just the just the mundanity of of going through these workbooks and stuff like that. And we and I thought, you know, I'm gonna, just for a bit, I'm gonna change it up. I'm not gonna go with what the school are sending. Let's let's make a board game. Um, because we're both into board games, and let's let's um Let's use that to do our our, our schoolwork. So you know there was there was maths with the probability, and we did lots of stuff about dice and made charts and pie charts and and what do you need that? There, there was lots of um, literacy. Um, it's a it, Cora quest is a is a dungeon crawler, a family family weight dungeon crawler. So we did lots of characters and things like that, and then and then Cora. Um, she wrote backstories for them all and things like that lots of um art she drew all the pictures and and drew all the characters and and lots of design technology because we got a, a program on the computer that allowed us to um uh, create dungeons so lots of kind of graphic design and things like that and all the way through it, Cora was incredibly engaged and actively very very excited because she she'd never considered that some somebody made these games and we can we we have the power the agency to do that too, so we came up with this. It's pretty basic, um, pretty derivative um, dungeon crawler, um, which didn't really work, other than for us because we just said, "Oh well, let's just make up that bit." And that you know, and we play tested it, you know, th- quite thoroughly, and, and 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 refined it down. And I did a bit of work on it separately and brought it back to to Cora and said, "What about this change? That change?" And she vetoed some and accepted some and things like that. And and that that was where it was gonna stay, as you say. It was gonna be a, a a thing printed out on card with minis with um kind of uh, cannibalized from other games um, and various cards with chorus drawings on them and things like that. But then my friend Gary, um, Gary King, who's an incredible artist, he saw that I'd been posting about it on Facebook, and as a joke, he um he put up this this kind of box cover that he designed, and then all of a sudden you know, when tumblers start clicking in your mind mm. and you're thinking well, you'd never considered it as a as a project in any kind of other other scope. And then suddenly the kind of possibilities opened up to me, and I thought, there isn't really any dungeon crawlers aimed at playing with the family. There's there's mice and mystics and there's there's um stuff fables, but but other than that you know, kids don't have the act they've got lots of kids' games, there's some fantastic kids games out there, but no a merry trashy kids games, no no not many storytelling kids games and things, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. I thought, well, let's let's run with it and, and see where it goes. Um and so so we sent it out. I'm, I'm I know I'm just, I'll let you talk in a minute, Ben. we sent it out we sent it out for um for playtesting. Uh because fortunately I've I've got a really solid community Around me, and, and lots of friends and, and people who are willing to do that, and people it with kids, adults play playtesting with each other, and that's when this kind of cascade of of well, it's a it's a bit long, you know, or well, what what happens when a kid gets a bit sulky when when they they they, uh, they miss? If uh, you've got anything that can kind of mitigate missing a little bit, and uh, and you know, <clears throat> all these kind of ideas that that kind of created what actually makes this game unique, really. I, I feel a bit guilty about putting mine and Cora's name on the box because it's just as much to playtester's tester's game as, as, as anything else. And, and I think that's probably true of most games.
1: So let's go back to the beginning then, because <laughs> you and Cora have been doing videos on the Dice Tower for ages. Yes. And then, you know... You, I mean, I wouldn't say that you're known for being flighty, but at one point you <laughs> said, that, "That's it. All the videos are done. I'm not doing the videos anymore." And too too much to Cora's consternation. And then you then you've come back and you're doing videos with with Cora again. So how did Cora get into gaming? Was this I need someone to fulfill my media ambitions? I'm going to rope my daughter in. I mean, how did it happen?
2: Um, th- th- No, it didn't happen like that. Cora has always been into gaming for as long as she's been able to play games. Um, I've got three kids. Uh, The the oldest one seriously isn't into gaming. Uh, The the middle one will, will play a game with me on the odd occasion, but doesn't want to play loads. And Cora will play any game you put in front of her. I mean, I think just some people are gamers, really. I mean, obviously, as a father, I... I uh I, I presented those opportunities to her but but I I've learned from my eldest daughter that you don't push those opportunities on if they don't like gaming, they don't push it because you're going to you're going to you're going to make people hmm. resent resent it rather than just be apathetic towards it you're going to act, actively dislike it. So the way it happened was someone I was playing lots of very young kids because this was when Cora was 4, she's now 8, playing lots of you know really kind of basic young kids games with her and someone on Reddit said um uh, who, you know what games would be good to play with a four-year-old, and instead of typing all out because I'm lazy, I um I stuck the uh, webcam on on my laptop and 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 uh, just did a video going through them all. And Core was running around, and so you know. I, I, I've I roped her in and, and it just kind of went from there. Then I sent it off to the dice tower and things like that. So, so yeah, so that's, that's where it all started. I've never done a video where Cora hasn't wanted to do a video. I'm very keen on that. Um, so if she doesn't feel like it, then one doesn't, one doesn't come out. It's always got to be fun. Um, and I don't really have many ambitions as a, as a board game. I don't, I don't want to make my living out of uh, you know all this stuff. You know, you know this. I've talked about this a lot, a lot before. So, so I've never really felt the need to push. I mean, she loves being. I mean, eight year olds live on YouTube anyway, Ben. Um, hmm. And goodness knows what the TV industry is going to do in in uh, in ten years time. Because I tell you what, if if the current trends carry on, then no young person's going to be watching television. It's all going to be YouTube and. And and that kind of stuff. So the fact she's on YouTube um, is is very exciting to her. So she's 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 more up for being on YouTube than I am, to be honest.
1: And so you know this this project we'll, we'll get we'll get to the the actual substance of the game in a minute. But this project was born out of lockdown. Mm. What effects have you seen on your kids of the lockdown? Because I was always a very gregarious child, and I lived in the pockets of my mates from about the age of five until, you know, I got old and miserable. So, and you know, mm. not being able to leave the house, not being able to go to school, not being able to have that social interaction. What are the effects on your kids that you've
2: seen? I think the older the kid, the more they can cope with it. That's that's certainly the experience. Mm. So I've got a 17-year-old, and um, and she, well, it's certainly put a big full you know a big dampener on her life um she was able to socialize through social media um able to to do video chats they did all sorts of kind of film watches where they all you know all, all the all the stuff that, that everyone else is doing um to try and stay in contact uh, you know and, and the, lo- the longer it went on into the summer because we live in the north of england and to be honest the north of England has never really been out of a full lockdown not like the the South hmm. um so so the longer it went on, the more difficult she found it. My middle child, my son, he's 14, he's he's a very gregarious chap, he, he loves football, all that kind of stuff. So when all that stopped, he found that very difficult as well. But the 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 in a similar way, he he stayed in contact with with Xbox Live and all that stuff. But the but the I think the younger the child, the less likely they are to be on social media, the less likely they are to have those relationships where they're not relying on a parent um, creating a play date or going to school to socialize and things like that. And and I think Cora really, we really struggled with that after a while, the the isolation, the not having a child of their own age to play mm-hmm. with the, even, even the physical play uh, of, you know, running around a playground and stuff. Um, you know, you can, you can, you can play with your kids, but it's not the same as a peer on peer interaction, is it? And you don't get the same out of it. So, I, I genuinely think that younger kids uh, have been the biggest, um, I don't know, the, the people who've probably found this lockdown the hardest. I think adults struggle with their mental health and, and things like that, but I think young kids really, you know, as you say, the, their social life is is, is paramount um, and, and to their development and to their, you know, to their well-being. And I, I really think, yeah, it, it broke my heart. I, Cora used to say to me every morning, "What are we going to do today, Dad?" It's like oh, nothing really, you know. We're well, and this is this is why you know, we try to create these these creative and exciting things to do that that she felt empowered by, because you know, worksheets, then play on the um, the Xbox, then watch a bit of TV, then bed. It sounds fun for for a week, but after mm. a while, you know, she was absolutely desperate to get back to school. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, how much do you think this project has helped her? You know, the creative issue. And, you know, you you said that, you know, you would go back with ideas and she would say yes or no. I mean, how much is that you being cheeky and funny or how much is she really, you know, the executive producer of this project?
2: Um, she's definitely the executive producer of the project because she has... Um this is going to have her name on it, core request. Um, and this is something that I envision of of her taking forward in her life, as 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 showing a, a bright spot in a dark dark time, if you, if you like. And there's no what you know anything to disempower her from doing that is um, would 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 be quite foul, I think. I mean, I, I you know, and practically speaking, it, she's 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 less interested in the project now. Because she's let, she hasn't quite got the concept of it of it being a a, a product, you know, something in her hand. Mm-hmm. She's got a prototype in her hand, and that that's that's pretty exciting for her. Um, my kind of motivations, <clears throat> the creation of it was 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 for her, and, and the the sharing is it, of it was is for for other people. If that makes any sense, I feel that you know it's got something to add to the to the to the. To the market and all that kind of stuff. It won't make tons of money because Kickstarters rarely do. So it's just something I feel is worthy of sharing and things like that. But but coming back to the point, um, I think the early days of it, it was incredibly valuable because it was something new, it was something exciting, it was something empowering, and it was something creative in a time that could have just been staring at a wall, really. The other thing mm-hmm. we did at the time was create a load of um, stop-motion animation, Lego stop-motion animation, and, and that had a similar effect. Um, she woke up excited to do it rather than woke up to another day, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. And so I think that was really useful. Um, going forward, and, and and now now in the UK schools are in a second lockdown. Um, Cora is going to school when I'm working because I'm a key worker, but she's we're keeping her off when I'm not working, um, and so I'm, I need to find something else to help her. You know, to 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 do that. Really, um, I don't know what it will be yet. We we uh, will 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 flail around for a bit first.
1: So. What is Korra Quest then? What kind of game is it? What is it mechanically? What feel does it give? And what is the sort of demographic you're pitching it to?
2: It's a family weight dungeon crawler. Um, so a dungeon crawler is a game where you are taking a bunch of heroes through a dungeon, through an adventure, um, battling bad guys, finding treasure and... Um, and achieving an objective at the end it's cooperative um and so so the the target audience is basically i mean i have played it with adults and they've very much enjoyed it but 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 the the target audience is basically for a child to play with an adult or children to play with it's 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 for a family ultimately um whether that be parents and child or 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 just caregivers or, or whatever um so, so I, I wouldn't envisage a six-year-old playing it with another six-year-old. It's probably a little bit too complex for that, but a, a six-year-old can certainly play it with, a, with, with their parents, and, and because it's cooperative, you can guide each other through it. Um, mechanically, it's just about as simple as I could humanly possibly make it. Uh, the, the, the ethos throughout the entire thing was keep it as simple as possible, um, yet as engaging as possible with interesting decisions because... Um, sometimes and this is the opposite side of playtesters, is people want to put in loads of complication uh and and it's no it needs to be stripped down and and, and pretty bare it has got some novel mechanics there's a there's a thing where you, if you miss you next time you try and uh, attack somebody and you roll more dice in order to uh to kind of take away that sting you know you might not hit this time but next time i'm going to really get it you call that kind of becoming determined um and um there are all sorts of kind of mechanics which 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 will get into, but there are some unique ones, but they're all simple and they're all easily understood. Um the, the big side of it, and the reason why I'm really keen to to bring it to Kickstarter and share it, is because it provides the set. Sa- well, it's, I'm attempting to provide the same exciting experience that Cora and I had um with other people because it's not just a game within a box. This is something it's got this is something that has got the tools to create your own adventures, to create your own monsters and create your own baddies, basically. So we've got a hero generation app uh, on the web where you upload your child's pictures or even photos of you or your family or whatever you want to do, really. (coughs) And then you can choose whatever stats you want. You can choose special abilities. You can choose one of our special abilities or make your own up. You can design your own game, you know, your own kind of game mechanics within it. And then you print it out and then it's a, there's a standee there printed out and then an official looking core quest card cuz kids like things to look official if you see what mm. i mean so so there's that there's a there's a monster one which we're hoping to get a similar kind of thing as a, as a stretch goal but but there's rules for creating your own monsters and there's rules for writing your own adventures within it as well um so so the the, the hope is that you can just play it out of the box if you want but it also provides that the same experience that Cora and I had—that same exciting, creative experience where you can take ownership of a, of a game and make it your own. Families, and that—that's why that's why I'm really excited to bring it to Kickstarter, and that's why I, that's my motivation for for sharing it almost as well as it'd be nice to have my name on a proper game uh, and Cora's name on a proper game and give that Cora to take forward. But but that ability to um, to create your own stuff, I think, will be useful to other families as well.
1: And um. Are there does does the game come with adventures? Is it single scenarios, or is there an overarching campaign to it?
2: No, there's no overarching campaign. Although, although I am thinking about just kind of linking. I mean, there there is a campaign in that they're all there's there's. Theoretically, there's five stories in the box, but we're obviously we're hoping to... If we fund over a goal, we're going to stick some more in. I've got some various people who are going to write some for me as well. Um, but there's all... Yeah, the way the way the stories work, is, the way the game works, really, is is the dungeon comes out, out of a series of cards. So the square cards, you put one on the table, then when you explore the next bit of the dungeon, you put the next card on the table. And seeded within that kind of deck of dungeon cards are, are cards which which you can attach a story to as well. So... So every four cards, roughly, um, is going to be a story card. So you write, read a really short paragraph about what happens there. So there's a there's an adventure about um, finding some uh, uh, some gnomes called Kevin and Annabelle have gone into the dungeon to to try and uh, get a pet snake, and it's going in and, and rescuing them. There's a there's a game where you uh, you the, Kevin and Annabelle, the gnomes, have left all the taps on the in the dungeon on, and it's it's flooding. It's going to flood the nearby village. There's one where they've, someone's broken the wizard's uh, favorite teapot, and you've got to go down into the dungeon to collect enough money to buy a new teapot. There's there's all all sorts of different different quests within it. Um, they have got an overarching theme in that all the characters are the same throughout it. There's Kevin and Annabelle the gnomes, and Wizard Pebbledash the uh, the wizard with his arch nemesis Wizard Bandicoot. Um, are
1: but- the Americans going to get going to get the Pebbledash
2: joke? Well, possibly not, but I think the word "pebble dash" is such a lovely word to trip off the tongue. I don't think it, it matters if they don't understand. <laughs> Indeed, what is. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, there's lots of adventures there. Um, there's no overarching quest because I don't think. I think people say they want a quest, a, a campaign rather, um, and then they never play it, <laughs> and you just end up playing the first campaign over and over again. So, so tell
1: us about how you sourced the art for this game, because so uh, you have a uh, if it can be said you have a talent, and that's up for debate. But if it can be said you have a talent, <laughs> it's it's community forming. I mean, you seem sporadically bored, has an incredible, and I say it every time, quite frustratingly participatory Facebook group, and yeah, but you're, you know, you're doing very well. Good.
2: Your Facebook group is good.
1: Yes, no one's posting on it though. It's just me posting yeah. stuff about putting well, coriander in spaghetti bolognese. But
2: that's how it starts, Ben. That's how it starts. This that's is why you true from, keep on from, doing it from tiny acorns. Yeah, so, Indeed.
1: you know, the way you the way you've got the art for this game is is unique in gaming that I've seen. So can you tell the people where the art comes from?
2: All, all the art in the game is done by kids. Now, initially, um, Cora did the art, and um, and my friend Gary, um, who who I know through podcasting and everything, um, is the artist who used to do this game is broken. Um, mm. He he coloured them in basically. Now Gary's incredibly talented, so colouring them in is, is a vast understatement of what he. I mean, he it's he does. shading and line and lining yeah, them and all of that yeah. stuff, right? but the, but there's no denying that the original piece of art is still there within it yeah. you know what i mean he does he, he, he may move the position of an arm or something but it's still the the essence and the soul of that drawing is is the kid's the kid's drawing um and then and then we thought well let's open this up you know let's open this up to the wider community let's open this up to people who are interested in the game and get them to send their kids stuff in cuz just like Cora and I are excited to have our names on a box and our, our work it in a public published product. We, you know, we wanted to share. This is all about. It moved from being a family game, you know, our own family's game, to be something we wanted to share with people and, and share that excitement. And so, to have other people have their their art in the game would be very exciting as well. And and the, the excitement Cora had when she saw one of her pictures coloured in um by Gary was immense and so I thought well let's share this with other kids you know let's give other kids the opportunity to to do this um so 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 we we put out the call and people send us monsters people send us monsters. people send us magic items people we we're currently looking for um uh Items to go in the dungeon, it's kind of head down map type items to go in the dungeon, like a, a chair, chair or some chains or, you know, whatever wherever you want to put in the dungeon. a dungeon. Toilet is uh, Cora's favorite thing to have in the dungeon because that's hilarious having toilets well, in the dungeon. Well, <laughs> indeed. Exactly. Um, so, so, yeah, so it's all sourced from the community, it's all kids' art um, and then colored in and, and made. More kind of spruced up by Gary, but the the soul of it's still there, and, and I think it. I genuinely think it is absolutely charming. Um, and I'm obviously biased, but I think it's. I think it's lovely, um, and I, I won't be surprised if other people start doing this because I think we've we've hit onto a really good, really good thing here that that makes it genuine. Um, so, because pat sorry, part of this no, game also. I'm 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 uh, babbling. I apologise. I get quite enthusiastic about it. Part part of the game also is about making a game for kids, but by kids, because of, often adults have this preconceived notion what what kids would like. Like I I, I put a a video on the dice because I do videos for the dice tower, and I was doing a designer diary. So so I, I had this video on the dice tower talking about us making core requests. and and one of the comments was why why don't you have them using weapons like pillows and um and lightsabers and things you know kids things kids really want and it's like i I appreciate where he's coming from i'm not putting this guy down but cora said you know no because swords are cool it's like yeah swords are cool you're right cora swords are cool and 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 just because an adult feels that should be what a kid likes doesn't mean to say a kid likes that um so, so it was about kind of. I mean, having the, the, the
1: best kids literature and the best kid stuff is where the writer is able to inhabit what they were like as a kid, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Um, and and, and, and people, the, the I, I, anarchy.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of sanitization in kids' stuff. There's a lot of cloying sweetness. But actually, kids are malicious, violent little buggers. <laughs> and you need that element in kids' stuff, right?
2: Yeah. I think Roald Dahl first said, I think it was Roald Dahl who said, the, the, the first thing you need to do in a kids' book is kill the parents. It's like, fair right. enough. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and, and that generally is true, really. With all the classic kids' stories, the parents have got out of the way of very quickly. Um, so you can concentrate on their kids. Um, yeah.
1: So so how much ha- has Gary and that first sort of picture of this could be a quantifiable thing, how much has he been the impetus for you to actually go forward and make this a real project? But
2: there's, there's, there's two people. Um, but there's a lot more than two people who've contributed. I've been incredibly lucky with the, the the warmth people have shown towards it. But there's two people I can credit with this project not being able to go ahead if it wasn't for them. There's Gary who who is an incredibly human being and also um so generous with his time. Um because this was never going to be a product any in the first place when Gary got involved we were talking about doing a print and play a pre free print and play um so there's 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 gary who who without him i would never have envisaged it as a as a product in the first place but also you know his his ability to to i mean his suggestion about getting kids involved as well and He's been the one really driving forward this. Because Gary's whole ethos is around creativity and things like that. That's his profession. Um, encouraging creativity in others is, is one of the things he does when he teaches and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so Gary, Gary, Gary brought this project from a uh, one level. To, to an entirely new stratosphere, I think. I think this game is, is certainly as much Gary's as it is Man and Cora's. And the other person that's been incredibly instrumental is uh, Mark Cook, who you've had on this mm. um, programme, um, who is a, a board game project manager currently. He used to be uh, CEO of Hush Hush Games, who did Fog of Love, and he also runs Aircon. Um, and he is the one who has given me the confidence to actually go to Kickstarter because he's, he's agreed to manage all the logistics and the, um, the manufacturing and all the stuff that I know I would be absolutely terrible for. And to be honest, haven't got mm-hmm. the attention span for, um, so without him, I wouldn't feel confident doing it because I feel that I would, wouldn't be to have the business acumen to, to, um, to, to take it forward really and, and had, would have the potential of getting myself a lot of hot water so so he's doing all the financial side he's doing all the manufacturing side he's doing all the distribution side the logistics side and um so which has allowed gary to to do the art um and and me and Cora to kind of both uh you know finish off the design but also try and get the word out a little bit so it's a three it's a four person three person team it's a four person team really and I don't think Without any of one of us, I don't think we, this this project would happen.
1: And so, so imagine this now is the when it's out. So it's the week of the project. So it's already running. So, Yep. good. Okay. So yeah. how can how can people
2: give their money to you? Then, well, they can go to the Kickstarter page. Um, I don't know the link off the top of my head, but it's if you give you search core request um, c o r a quest it's really
1: good that, that mark is doing all the logistics isn't it considering you can't even
2: remember the url for your for your kickstarter uh, yeah exactly exactly well uh, and, and back it there but you also if you go to corequest.com um you can there's a link on there and you can you can you can follow it there um yeah. and so so how
1: much does it cost what what kind of stretch goals are there what's the what's the sort of delivery time and all of that sort of stuff
2: we're looking at delivering kind of the end of this year, so kind of late November um, time is our, our goal. Hopefully, in time for people to be able to s- stick this under the Christmas tree. That's that's the that's the aim, and there's no reason to believe that we won't hit it. We've got most of the we've got all the rules and stuff done, and all, a lot of the most of the art's done and stuff. So, so that's the um, that's the aim. <coughs> um, the cost about thirty quid. Uh, we're recording this hmm. a few days before the Kickstarter goes live. So who knows uh, if things change. But that's that's the aim. 30 pounds, which is about is it 38 dollars? Depends on what the, the pounds doing, might be $40. But it's it's a relatively cheap game, um, especially considering the amount that you, you, you get in it, in, in my opinion. Um, including the the app we've developed. Um stretch goals, there's some adventures coming. Um I don't there's um there's adventures coming from Matthew Jude, um, for example. Um, hopefully, that will have been. Uh, they, 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 I, we're meant to be revealing these stretch goals secretly, so uh, so. But I'll give you. I'll give you the highlights. So lots more adventures coming from from various different people, um, and and myself. Um, also, Ian O'Toole. We know Ian O'Toole here, another previous guest, um, the very celebrated board game artist. Well going against uh we we don't care about Ian O'Toole. we care about his kids so so Ian O'Toole's two daughters have done as characters for the um the game, so they're gonna be extra heroes you can get um and um and and the other thing is that this this another app to maybe um so so kids can create their own monsters for the game i mean they already can but to, to be able to print them out you know, on official, official cards mm. and things like that. That's the other thing. And there's lots more stuff. There's a few component upgrades and, and um, various bits and bobs. Um, one one of the things we're really hoping for, which is way down the line, is um, some vinyl stickers. Do you, do you know vinyl stickers? Like plastic mm. stickers that are yeah. peelable off and honourable um, of all various different dungeon paraphernalia like a potion or a bookcase or a pile of gold or something that you can peel off and stick onto the card so you can you can make your dungeon look exactly completely unique um and make it look however you want so that won't damage the cards but you can you can you can peel them off and put on so you can make your own dungeon cards basically so that's that's another thing we're looking at Um, and we have thought about a tea towel uh, Ben, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 in the in the UK, primary schools often come up with a tea towel of all the kids do drawings of themselves, and they sell these tea yeah. towels. So we thought we'd have a, a, a monster class of uh, class of uh, 2021 with a, 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 a Coraquest Primary School tea towel, which which Americans apparently don't know what a tea towel is. So so we'll we'll see if that actually happens. On. It's all automated like in America. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, something for drying dishes towel for drying dishes. um that's that's likely to be a add-on in the pledge manager rather than force everybody to to accept our tea towels which aren't exactly part of the game but yeah excellent well
1: wish you all the luck in the world and i hope that when you're a billionaire that you'll still remember us little folk i'll remember
2: you ben but uh but, but only briefly
1: If you would like to support content like this you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash 5G4D Thank you for listening.